Hello, and welcome to the Pondering Theologian podcast. I am the host, Nathaniel. So for today's episode, I'm going to share the sermon that I gave on Easter morning, 2022. I originally was not going to share this because there's a lot of the, the original manuscript that I had typed up has a lot of uh, context specific things in it um, for the congregation that I presented this to. Um, but upon reflection, I, th- I think there's so much in here too, too relevant not to share. Um, so I uh, reworded it a little bit, but I'm going to read it like I was giving the sermon. So it will read um, or sound as you're listening, like I'm talking mostly from uh, from an Easter morning perspective, um, which I don't think is a bad thing because I think all too often we as Christians hit Christmas and then you know two days later forget Christmas. We come to uh, Easter, two days later we forget Easter. Um, Pentecost, same thing. You know that all of these beautiful Christian holidays and uh, we don't always observe them the same throughout the the year or let their impact touch our lives which kind of ties into the broader picture of this um, this episode so well too much more we'll get into it the title of this message was Christ is risen now what and the, uh, the practice of this congregation that I gave this message to was to write a question of the day bef- that uh, people can be reflecting on before you even start the sermon. Um, and that question is, um, there is so much that the resurrection of Jesus Christ means to Christians and humanity. However, when you think of this Easter, what does it mean during this time of life for you? For your little community of close friends, for your community of faith, and for the wider context moving out from the nucleus uh, that is you and Christ. And so as we continue, I'd like you to keep that keep that in mind, write it down somewhere and reflect on it. That's it's not a, a super easy question. It was never written to be an easy question um, but that will give you kind of also an idea of the direction we're heading in this episode the uh, scriptural reference um, or motivation influence for this sermon that I gave is the resurrection or Easter morning story in Luke chapter 24 verses 1 through 12 I will read that for you now, and we'll get into the sermon that I gave. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember what he told you while he was still in Galilee? 
that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Today is Easter. Today is a marvelous day. It is one of the most beautiful days in the Christian faith. Today is the day we celebrate the rising of our Lord and Savior. Children of God, this is the good news. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. He defeated the natural powers that none of us can escape. The past week, if you were to read along or come to a Good Friday service, we went through the final days of our Lord. Like a Gunsmoke, Columbo, or CSI episode, we saw the details leading up to the cross. We saw the brutality that Christ absorbed for each of us to save us from ourselves. We saw Jesus struck, stuck to a wooden cross with metal spikes, speared through his side, suffocated to death. Christ died to fulfill the reparations that our human sin demanded to bring us back to God. And after lying in a tomb for three days, he arose. Christ is risen! So Christ is risen. Now what? Now what does this mean? This is Easter. This is one of the most important and significant aspects of Christian faith. Without Christ's resurrection, if we do not believe that Jesus died and arose, Paul says in 1 Corinthians, our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. These questions this morning goes deeper than what your community of faith is doing in its local context, whatever it looks like. It starts first within you. What are you doing individually? What are you doing to find a renewed identity in Christ? How does the resurrection of Jesus Christ fundamentally change the outcome of your life and existence? Years ago now, I was sitting in a philosophy class, listening to the history of philosophy in the world of thought. Before the famous philosophers everyone knows, like Socrates and Plato, was a man named Democritus. He lived in 460 BCE. He is the founding mind on the atomic theory of the universe. That is to say, thousands of years before the theory was reproposed by John Dalton, and then another century before it was universally accepted by society, Democritus made this proposal and affects the lives of everyone who learns basic scientific theories and education in the theories of the universe and deeply affects the world of physics thousands of years later. We can fundamentally trace that and see how that affects so many things today. Can you do the same for the way that Christ has affected you 
personally. Looking deeper than Christianity through the years, what is different in you, in your approach, in your philosophy, your personal theology? Because Christ died on the cross thousands of years ago. Now this next statement will always rub someone wrong, but I make no apologies for it. Your identity in Christ cannot be exclusively found in a church. T.D. Jakes once said, A lot of people are good at church, but you're poor at Jesus. The Crusades were a movement of the church that thousands of years later caused many misguided aggressions yet between Muslims and Christians. The identity that was found solely in a church from a pope with personal selfish ambitions has affected the world today. The identity found solely in a church at that time, certainly, you could say, was misguided. Your identity as a Christian must be found in Christ alone on the personal level. And then within the context of the community that you join or attend to express your faith and the fellowship that Christ modeled for us. And then as a member of the larger church context. Because it is still yet bigger than we are alone or our local context. So before I continue any farther, in your mind, what does Christ's resurrection mean to you? Take a moment to think. Write it out. Think about your life and what does this event in your faith with God mean to you? For those listening to this episode, I encourage you to pause. And we continue. Once you had figured out what the resurrection means to you, what this Easter thing means to you, then you can affect the world around you. It really is central to what we do as Christians. Consider for a moment the way the disciples prior to this reading in Luke uh, were doing. They were a group that had names, but in general, they were referred to as Jesus' disciples, or one of the twelve. Their identity, who they were, even in a relationship to Jesus, in general, was this tight-knit group. This group of disciples that went everywhere with Jesus. I would imagine in their mind they were hierarchically at the top, you know, right before Jesus. Consider in Luke chapter 9 what transpires. It is written. An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. Then he said to them, Whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you who is the greatest. Master, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he is not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. The disciples were very caught up into the identity they had in the group of the twelve. That they were 
they were missing the larger point, unable to see the grander picture. They did not see that Jesus came to abolish hierarchies and wanted to know who was the best of themselves. They did not see that all working in the name of Jesus were doing good. They were concerned that it was someone outside of their little group of disciples. Coming back to this morning's reading from Luke, let us see where the disciples' heads were at, at the resurrection. When the women that went to the tomb told them what had happened, it says in verse 11, But these words to them seemed to be an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Now the word liros in Greek means nonsense. The disciples thought these women, who were important and loved by Jesus, who had also been with Jesus for several years now in ministry, who were within the larger group of Jesus' disciples, were full of malarkey and spewing baloney. These disciples who had heard Jesus tell them what was going to happen, then why it was going to happen, then explained it as it was playing out most of the way to his trial, did not remember a thing. Even when highly regarded people by Jesus came to them saying, It happened! Liros. They thought what was being said to them was nonsense. They were tied to their identity as the closest twelve disciples, and they could not see the value in the words and the actions of those in the larger body. When all those listening today see the world around us, try to hear the word of God, do we find ourselves in the same mindset? Remember now the twelve disciples Judas included, are meant to be models by which we understand discipleship and learn what to do and what to avoid during and uh, in our Christian journeys. And here comes the next fun questions. How many of us still to this day, after thousands of years into developed worship practices and deeply biblical doctrine and theological questions to discover our faith, are like the disciples in our reading. In whatever medium you have your church experience, whether on the podcast uh, with myself or someone like the Bible Project, the pastor at your local church or parish, someone you may have uh, heard on the radio, someone in one of the many churches across our country, or anyone speaking the good news, do you sit back and think, hmm, seems questionable to me. Seems a little strange. That sounds possibly interesting, but that does not apply to my life, my Christian experience, my idea of mission, and so on and so forth. And now I'm not saying not to ponder and question, but how many people hear a sound challenge or the speaking of the word on a Sunday and go away and forget it because it does not fit your carved out idea? Like the disciples apparently did between Jesus' death when he showed himself to them after the resurrection. He struggled to believe the words spoken as something other than idle talk or nonsense. 
Dear children of God, this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day our Savior rose from the dead. This day is important to our Christian faith for the reason that in Jesus' death and resurrection, he completed the required sacrifice for our sins so that we could be reconciled to the God that we constantly sin against. But as I said earlier, you cannot allow a singular community of faith, that is a church or a group of friends who may do a Bible study, the American Evangelicals, the Christian Church in America, the Western Christian concept, or the world's church, to decide what it means to you in your heart. Your identity in Christ needs to be found in Christ alone. You and your individuality need to search and decide what this day actually means to you. Do you have a position on what is the atonement that happened through Jesus? Do you understand what salvation entails? Do you understand who the triune God is and why they decided to come to earth incarnated as a human? And you certainly can find questions uh, and answers to the questions like these on a Sunday morning, especially by reading through the Bible, by searching history and seeing what your church or denomination says. But you and you alone have to decide what you believe and that it is important in your heart. Once you have rectified all these questions, once you know who Jesus is on a personal level, once you have chosen to believe and on what to believe, then as a church, as a community of believers, you can decide who you are. The disciples assumed an identity as the Twelve. But it was not until after Jesus died and rose that they were forced to explore what this all means. It was not until the disciples figured out what it all meant to them individually that they as a group were together at Pentecost, which is not far off in our calendar. And from Pentecost, the Spirit descended and the world was never the same as the church started to change the world. In this time of life, there is so much going on in the world. We need to do something to discover what it is we believe. We need to know what we believe because the world always will have questions. When we think of our communities of faith, we cannot be faithfully affecting the world through them or figure out who they are in their contexts until we have faithfully figured out who we are individually. Otherwise, when the Spirit moves for change in your community, when the Spirit calls someone to tell you this or that, you might find yourself like the Apostles, believing that call to be nonsense, nothing but an idle tale. The Lord is risen. Christ Jesus lives today. What will you do? Who will you tell? What do you believe? I hope you will consider these questions today. I implore you, do not put them off till tomorrow. Write them down. Answer for yourself today what you may be called to speak about tomorrow. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the world of the Lord, the word of the Lord, stands forever. Amen. Children of God, those all listening to the podcast, I appreciate you listening and 
following along with this messages in this episode, I invite your thoughts. The beautiful thing about a podcast is that you all get to listen to it and then go back and make sure I said what I did say or didn't say what you thought I heard or uh, you heard and you can reach out and talk to me about it. I would love to hear your thoughts on the message in this episode. Do you agree, disagree? Is there something that stuck out that just bothers you? Um, I would love, love to hear about it, have a conversation with you. You can reach out via email, ponderingtheologian at gmail.com, all one word. Or you can go over to Instagram at ponderingtheologian and interact with me there. I do read all correspondence. Several episodes ago, was entire uh, an episode was entirely created to answer feedback from one of our listeners. So, I hope that you'll reach out, and I look forward to talking with you all. Remember, God loves you no matter what, and there's nothing that you can do about it. And I hope that you are having a good day, praying for everyone out there, and we'll see you in the next episode.